0: Electricity. Such a wonderful discovery, Roger. It doesn't care where it goes or what it goes through. It just takes the path of least resistance. So why were you following me?
1: I wasn't. Why won't you believe me?
0: Long experience. So what do you say, Roger? All right. All right. I was going to rob you. Try (laughs) it. Why were you following me? I'm your Watcher. My Watcher? (laughs) And that's supposed to mean something to me? Immortals, we know what you are. We've been observing you for centuries. Tell me, do you watch all of us? I think so. Did you watch Fitzcan? Yes. And McLeod? Yes. Lethos. But we never interfere. Tell me more, Roger. Tell me everything.
1: Thing happened to his throat. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we discuss another facet of the Highlander series. And this week we're going to be tackling one of the seminal episodes, episode 16 of season three, Mythos. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle.
2: This is Eamon. Before we
1: jump into this week's episode, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. First, we should talk about the 25th anniversary <laughs> gathering happening October 20th to 22nd in Los Angeles, this California. October. Yeah. It's going to be exciting.
3: I'm sorry. Is it in October or California?
2: It's in both.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Simultaneously. Yeah.
2: It's in October, California. It's a small pumpkin town.
1: But yes, it will be a star-studded event. All your favorite Highlander stars will be there. We've got people like Adrian Paul... Elizabeth Grayson, Stan Kirsch, Jim Burns, who's going to be doing a little blues performing there, oh, which is pretty cool. That's exciting. Um, we've also got Peter Wingfield, As Mythos. Very relevant to this episode Absolutely. with his introduction. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mythos. Mr. James Horan, who played
3: Grayson. Grayson. That's right. Yeah. Interesting one episode guest. Yes, there. but a very
1: good one episode. I wonder
3: what he'll have to say.
1: Let's hope he licks those chompers. Yeah. Nyom, 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 nyom. Nyom.
3: So was Joe there when you were fighting in the sulfur field? <laughs>
1: that, that, that looked like ask corn? That question. <laughs> and of course, at the convention there will also be a menagerie of <laughs>
3: a glass <laughs> menagerie of yeah. classes.
1: Uh that's not what I meant to say. There will be a bunch of glasses at the convention. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah. A bunch including... of glasses.
2: <laughs> Because there would be a bunch of nerds there. <laughs> There'll
1: be a lot of classes like Adrian Paul's Sword Experience. And if you just go to swordexperience.com, you can pick up your tickets for that event today. But also on the Highlander Worldwide uh, site, you can also, I think, get some tickets for some of the other classes being offered, such mm-hmm. as Elizabeth Grayson's Fancata class, Ephraim McAsh's Knife Combat class, which is like the real deal, guys. Like, this stab is stuff people that, to death. Yeah, in an if alleyway. you want to know how to stab somebody and make them bleed out, like a pig on the street, like
2: a pig on the street. I don't know. I was thinking of street pig, street
1: pig. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're
3: mixing metaphors. Maybe, Maybe a little stuck little... like a pig. That's and,
2: it. <laughs> are you thinking of Blade, Babe Two, Pig in the City?
1: That's it.
3: Is <laughs> that
2: what happens to Babe in that movie? It's a
1: weird movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like babe, it. Babe, that'll do. Pig and yeah, <laughs> scrosh, <laughs> 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 oh my god. Anyway, Blade Two, <laughs> yeah, Pig in the City. <laughs> anyway, Efron teaches an amazing knife course, and this. The stuff he really teaches, like police officers and everything.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, he teaches good stuff, not the bullshit we see. Yeah, right.
3: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be no pigs. Yeah. Uh, as we already mentioned, the Anthony Diwanda just whip. I don't think we blade. did. We have not yeah. the legends of the supersonic blade. Yeah, it's not really a legend. That sounds like a kung fu movie I made yeah.
2: up. But <laughs> Kyle got first-hand experience with that whip.
3: That's true. Yeah, I, you got, I got my good. arm. I got my arm whipped. It, it was. It was intimidating. It was definitely intimidating. I was like, you know, my eyes are not far away from this. I would yeah. love to keep them. He's but he's a, a pro. true
2: master. Yeah. Yes. Highlander worldwide.
1: That's right. Head there today, highlanderworldwide.com and pick up your tickets and we can't wait to see you this October.
2: Yeah, you can see us there if that's any.
1: Yeah, visit us. Consolation.
3: Yeah. Shake our, Shake our, our hands.
2: hands. Yeah. Buy us a
1: beer, tell us we're great. If you have
3: criticisms, keep them the fuck to yourself. <laughs> Leave us a five-star review while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It'll be great. If you want to shake our hands, you have to give us a five-star <laughs> review. We'll stand over your shoulder and watch
1: you do it. I'm kidding. No touching. That's no touch. No touching. Also, this week before we jump into this episode, why don't we tackle a little reader mail from a few listeners? Listener mail. You guys, you guys can listen to me read it if you'd like. <laughs> okay, we have no choice. There yeah. we go. We're literally
3: a captive audience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So this is all regarding the episode Vendetta.
2: Vivo de vendetta. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Vendetti. Vendetti.
1: All right. Uh, the first email comes from Jill S. All the way from Japan, and she says, "Hi, you gentlemen. Amon Slan the cat is a wonderful character. Love him." That's weird. Why is she I addressing mean, that to you? I don't get it.
2: Yeah, I don't either. I
1: mean, you, you think he's pretty great, too, but he just comes by. Yeah. All
2: yeah. Right. But he just kind of drops in.
1: Okay, right. fair enough. Very maybe she's just a little confusing. But, I mean, yeah. it's an audio medium, so it's maybe she can
2: It's audio. Always maybe it gets yeah, mixed
1: up. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, I really like the guess the episode from the YouTube comments, too. Um, Vendetta. I think Ken Pogue put in a fine performance. So did Tony Rosado, Tamara Gorski, Stella Stevens. Well, they all did, except maybe the poor guys playing the brothers. Watching it now, their expressions are sweet, and especially before things go bad, cheerful. The background music was too loud, though, and it did push me out. <laughs> uh, Anne, coming back to Duncan, is forced by normal relationship standards. However, I think love is hard to give up. Anne is in love with Duncan. That's the decision. They need time they can have as the gathering is at hand. Peggy and her love for Joey, well, she saw the past through a rose-tinted glasses. I doubt the writers were trying to suggest a parallel. However, Peggy would have to ignore a lot about Joey to love him. The startled realization of Duncan's face when Richie leaves, that he's probably going to end up paying for all their drinks, makes me laugh. Keith, I think all the expressions, their physical acting, that's what made you like it. As you fellas said, though, the music choices are problematic. <laughs> what do we got,
3: Kyle? We got a little something from Zach O. Zack O. Like Big O, the fighting robot. Mm. Uh Hey guys! First off, I agree with Keith on Vendetta. I had a fun time watching it. However, the first five minutes made me think it was going to be fucking awful. But the Kilbasa's shenanigans won me over. I also thought the flashback was very well dressed. Listening to your podcast on this made me realize I was just excited to be watching an episode that wasn't mind-numbingly bad. We just got past Shadows, Obsession, and the Lamb, all of which I hated. <laughs> wow! Wow!
1: I really like Shadows. Shadows. I'm, I don't know.
3: I don't know if you're. Right I about like shadows. the Lamb. Uh. Yeah, I'm not, I don't love any of those episodes. I don't
1: yeah. hate them, but I'm not... Eh. I wouldn't be like, I fucking hate those episodes.
3: Yeah, <laughs> interesting. They're not my favorites. Yeah. My only thought on Shadows was the introduction of immortal, quote, magic. I'm not sure how I feel about it at this point. It wasn't well done in this episode, but I know that there's more coming. I just think if it's going to be used, it should be well defined with rules akin to immortality. and the game. Otherwise, it's dumb. <laughs> I agree with you. Like, it just feels unmoored from reality. As this guy's like, oh, my power is making you as crazy as me? Maybe? I don't
1: know. Hmm, I don't know. Good point, Zacco.
2: Zacco. (laughs) I just like saying Zacco.
1: Wacko Zacco. Zacco. Amen. What is the third bit of reader mail we have?
2: This bit of reader mail is from Vince S., Thanks for writing in again, It's it's pronounced Vince's. Vince's. Vinces. This (laughs) bit of reader mail is from Vince's. Thanks for writing again, (laughs) Vince's. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like it. Vince's writes, hey, guys, and Towley, or I mean Slan. I guess Slan does kind of sound like Towley from South Park. Do you remember him? I
1: do remember him. Don't forget to bring a towel. That's right.
2: Yeah, you want to get high? I am with Keith on the Vendetta episode.
3: All right. Oh, you're. Get, so I see why you chose these ones. Yeah, because they're all pro, about they're Vendetta. They're all pro
2: Keith. They are because every there clearly E-mails.
3: was an
1: outcry in the fan community that I got shit on for liking that episode. and They were like, we have to come to his defense. We must
2: rectify this injustice. I thought it was pretty lame the first time around, but now I really enjoy it. That's right. Did you notice the ponytailed hair goon with the bat was the same actor who played the champ in the flashback from the fighter that Sully talked Mac into fighting? I didn't notice that. Good call. Good call. Who it's was that just...
3: guy's name? Does anyone remember that? Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Wait, who is it? <laughs> the fighter in the past. No. Like big guy. Yeah, he
2: was a big guy. Also, and this may seem a bit controversial, <clears throat> but you guys <laughs> wonder why Anne stays with Duncan, even though he treats her poorly at times? The bomb mm, It seems this happens fairly regularly in the real world. <laughs> Girls going for guys that, shall we say, aren't super nice guys to them. I know, I know. I am preparing to be cabbaged after this email. Keep up the great work. Vince S. or Vince's. Vinces. <laughs> Vince's. Thank you for the email, Vince. Thank you for writing again, Vince. Vince uh, writes us a lot and comments a lot.
1: And we we really appreciate
3: it. Yeah, Absolutely.
2: We do. Thank you. I mean, it is kind of a, a trope. I don't know if it's true or not that girls like the bad guy. Right. I don't know if we want to get into that issue on the podcast.
1: We don't. No. Yeah. But, no but it is a trope. Well, I think sure. we can say that.
2: Yeah. Well, also, Max like a handsome guy. He's got that ponytail and that slamming D. So. Yeah,
1: slamming D. Yeah. For Duncan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> There's a game called All-Star Slamming D-Ball. <laughs>
0: i'm sorry wait what
2: <laughs> it's it's a dodgeball game okay yeah. it's called all-star slamming d-ball my and what's
3: how is this dodgeball variant different
2: i have no idea cool. i think like the dodgeballs have like color around them or something oh, so it's, cool. that's very yeah. lame my roommate alex friend of the show he he is an expert on uh, this all-star slamming (laughs) D-ball.
3: Does he play it?
2: Yeah. He slams the D-ball? He slams the D-ball. But Mac is kind of like an all-star slamming D-ball. That's true. He slams those (laughs) D-balls when he's getting down to business. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, you can tell
3: this is the third episode. hey All right.
1: Are we ready to hop into this episode? Mythos? Mythos, it is. The Methuselah Stone. Yeah, mm. look at that. All right, we are talking about season three, episode sixteen, Mythos. This first aired March sixth, nineteen ninety-five. It was directed by Dennis Berry. We've seen him Les quite a bit. Directed
2: the Lamb. Is- Anyone
1: out there see the Marihari... <laughs> the Marihari? What? The Marahari miniseries. He oh, Marahari.
2: No. Yeah. What's that on Showtime?
1: I oh I don't uh, know I don't know smacks- if it was a BBC thing or. Right. FX. I don't know. Don't know. But Christopher Lambert is in it. Ooh. And we've talked about that a little bit before. And Barry's involved. He directed it. Oh, all right. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, and this is his 14th episode out of 34. So we have plenty more to see from him. He's blowing Paolo out of the water. That's right. Sorry, Paolo. He, as you said, Eamon has done The Lamb, Nowhere to Run, Eye of the Beholder, Return of Amanda, and plenty more. Um, and his big trademark is The Fog. We'll see plenty of fog when he's around. Ooh. All right. This episode was written by Jean-Vincent Fournier as G- J.P.
2: Couture. <laughs>
1: uh, this is his third of three episodes he did. He also did The Vampire and The Lamb.
2: Pretty, vampire good, pretty threesome. good. Vampire, yeah. Totally. That's lamb. Sweet the lamb the lamb the lamb christopher Lambert.
1: the silence of the lamb. the lamb uh and this episode of course sees the return of david robb as callous again this is three in a row for him turkey gobble gobble other guest stars are peter <laughs> wingfield as Mythos. Wow. wait a minute slash <laughs> all animal. right I'm what sorry.
2: no is that a julie reference <laughs> what turkey gobble gobble it's a gobble. bowling, it's
1: a re- re- bowling reference.
3: reference oh
2: okay bowling
3: you get three strikes in a row it's a turkey uh, sorry gobble, i'm, I'm gobble. really into I'm sports
2: <laughs> <laughs> i thought you also, were referencing geely also
3: how do you know I, about Julie to catch a reference
2: to it i love Julie. giggly that's giggly, <laughs> giggly. Yeah.
1: yeah peter
3: wingfield All right let's talk about guest. peter
1: uh, he is a former national trampoline champion. Anyone? What? Excuse like me? Excuse me? <laughs> yes, he is.
2: What does is does that Are mean? we playing
1: Two Truths and a Lie? <laughs> no, he was. Bouncing around, jumping, doing flips, somersaults, all that stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's in the Olympics now, I guess.
3: Oh, so. um, I didn't know that.
1: And he got his doctorate recently, uh, his medical doctorate. Uh, more recently, his I think last acting gig was he was in like one episode of Beauty and the Beast. Beauty the, uh, and the, the reboot. Beast. Produced by the uh, Highlander writer... Gillian Horvath, Uh, so that's probably why he was involved, which is pretty cool. Uh, He had a cameo in X Two,
2: X Men United. United. Yeah, Yeah, he was Striker's goon. (laughs) That was playing in a bar, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's Mythos!" And nobody knew what I was (laughs) saying.
1: No offense. This is his first of twenty-two Highlander episodes, so he's in quite a bunch. Um, He was also in the show Queen of Swords. He did some SG One, and then he did all the voice work in the Highlander video game that got canned. Oh. Like he, oh, he yeah. was he was supposed to be Mythos and he was gonna be like the narrator, like oh, wow. to help awesome. you. It's like press the X button to do this and like give you all your in game hints and shit.
2: That's a shame. That it's
1: too bad that game got canceled.
2: That never got out yeah. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun.
1: And he also did some episodes of twenty four and Caprica. Wow. Those
2: Mythos. are big shows. Big shows. Those are big shows.
1: And then the episode description. Are we ready for this one, guys? Here we go. Immortal Callus is after Mythos, the semi mythical oldest immortal. He knows that he only by gets a
3: qualifier of semi-mythical. semi-mythical. Yeah.
1: Uh, he knows that by taking Mythos' head, he will gain the power of thousands of years and become stronger than Duncan. Duncan is determined to find Mythos first. In flashback to Paris in 1920, Duncan runs into Callus, who has become a famous opera singer. Wow. We should talk a little bit about Callus more. Uh, in the last episode, we, we talked about musical terms and the callous cycle. And it's like, oh, a cycle is like a song cycle in music. It's neat that there's a musical term for this. Mm. We should also maybe talk about Callas' name before we jump into this. So mm. on one hand, is it a reference to Maria Callas, who's a very famous opera singer? Was yeah. uh, I don't maybe know. Maybe the most famous opera singer. Interesting. Uh, or
3: More yeah, un- famous than Andre Buccelli. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or Pavarotti.
1: Pavarotti. <laughs> oh, pa <ba-bop-be. laughs> pa Hey, papi. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, and then we should just talk about the word, like, callus. I think spelled it's different. Oh, like C-A-L-L-O-U-S.
2: Exactly. Right. So. Mm.
1: That is also, I think, I mean, I think it works on both levels perfect.
2: Could it be like cow Like, with your yeah, like when your hair sticks hair.
1: Yeah, like me every morning when I wake
3: up. Mm-hmm.
2: I think that's what it is. That probably
3: yeah, is. That's when he gets the quickening. Cow yeah. sticks up. I only was picking up on like the homophone aspect that's like callous. It's like lost feeling. It's hard. and
1: Yeah, like heartless and all that sort of stuff. But I think there's... A Pretty clear connection to oh, yeah, Maria Callas. Also, in this episode, we're about to meet an opera singer that's named Maria, too. Hmm. So, I think
2: that's very interesting. And I, I didn't know about that person because I'm an uncultured swine. That's yeah. right.
1: I, I should are... cut you up with, nah. like, with a knife on the <laughs> like, street. I'll take a knife
2: <laughs> class with yeah. yeah, right.
3: the unwashed. <laughs> should we jump into this episode? We should. All right, so we open up on a bar called Nasferatu.
2: I like that sign. Is this a real bar, do you think?
1: The Neon Nosferatu? I yeah. don't think Thought so. I it was cool. I know in the script it was supposed to be a different location, so I don't know if they found this place. It was originally going to be called the Red Balloon. Oh, wow. Uh, how many red balloons were there, though? Were there 99? Yeah, about that, I think. <laughs> okay. Nana.
3: <laughs>
2: Sorry, Haven. <Eamon. laughs> no, I like it.
3: <laughs>
1: no, I like it. <laughs> I like the, how the faint person that, no, I like it. <laughs> but anyway... It was originally supposed to be called The Red Balloon. The Red Balloon. So they actually had to go back, because we'll hear that Joe talks on the phone at some point with Mac about, like, oh, there's this club they saw Mm -hmm. him at, Noseratu or whatever. They had to, like, go back and ADR some of that stuff, because they shot all those scenes when the show was in Vancouver. And so those were shot, like, months prior. And they had to kind of blindly write some dialogue for Joe to say about this stuff. And then, of course, through time, the script changed, and they had to make some changes in post to that.
2: Wow. Interesting.
1: So Callus is like pacing around trying to figure out, like, this is very like evil villain. Like, what can I do to like crush the villain or the the hero? (laughs) And
3: it's like got that weird noir thing again with like the voiceover effectively. It's
1: weird. So he comes to the conclusion that if I get mythos, mythos. Right. Why? Because he's the most powerful, maybe not most powerful, but oldest immortal. Hence, maybe the most powerful.
3: I just want to hang on this for a minute.
1: Hang in there. Because I did not understand
3: this central plot element of the whole fucking thing. Because this comes up a lot. And it's being put in multiple people's mouths. If if he gets Mythos, he'll be able to beat Duncan. He'll be able to beat Duncan. He'll be able to beat Duncan.
1: He also already beat Duncan, kind (laughs) of. That's the problem.
3: It's like, why does he think he needs to do anything but find Duncan? Right. Right? Like, all he needs to do is fight duncan also duncan wants to fight him but like it seems like callus is up to this and in the meantime he's beaten hugh he's theoretically more powerful than when they fought the last time yeah so i guess i was just confused about this plot point Hmm. for me the thing i was thinking is like it almost feels like there should have been an episode between these two things where duncan manages to get the upper hand on him and he's like i need to reconsider I mean, but that doesn't happen.
1: Maybe we're yeah. just supposed to assume that their initial fight in the opera did not go as like swimmingly as Callus thought it would, even though he seemed to be winning. He handled, it was like He handled Mac.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he really beat him handily. He doesn't get hurt in that fight. And he runs Mac through with his sword and then throws yeah. him <laughs> off a balcony. <laughs> like, things went great. Like, I, really, yeah. went great. <laughs> I just don't have to say, like, in terms of murdering someone, like, the only reason he didn't take Mac's head was luck mac was fortunate that there were people around to stop him yeah. from going down and taking his head
2: so i i don't know i just don't see it maybe callus doesn't think he can orchestrate the same set of circumstances again and wants like an extra feather in his cap to remove all doubt that he can beat mackie poo maybe that's it i'm a no. yeah i can
1: buy
3: that
2: i don't know
1: okay
3: I don't know. No, I, just, I get your point the, though. The the whole time I'm just sitting there like, why is the guy who's more who's more powerful than
1: our hero worried about getting more powerful than our hero? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, Callus leaves this club and there's a watcher presumably following him, uh, makes a phone call about like his whereabouts and all this sort of stuff. And this guy's name is Roger.
2: Anyway, Rogier. Rogier.
1: Callus <laughs> like ends up getting him. Getting him. Yeah, he, t- he like hides. Callus and and like him down. bat calluses. Yeah. Bat cows. Like Somehow, because I... they're like following him, and then all of a sudden, Callus is behind like a tree. Yeah, <laughs> I tried so long trying to find a permutation of Batman for Callus, <laughs> I couldn't come up with it.
2: Mm. Nope,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Batman that... wears a cape and callus. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so he cape and is him.
2: Yeah, that's good. And then right. he takes did him away to his, like, torture sex dungeon. <laughs> to torture, yeah. torture, so electric-
1: torture him, why does he take his shirt off? For the electricity. So he's going to electrocute his nipples, right? Yes. Yeah. That's like that's what this is, right? Because he can electrocute any part of his body if he wants. But he took his shirt off so he can electrocute his nipples.
2: Well, he does take out those two strap-ons. Is that what he's holding?
1: He's holding Calus. the diodes.
3: Yeah, like, they're like... Uh, I don't know. I don't called. think I'd call them strap-ons. <laughs> oh. Why would you call them <laughs> strap-ons? I why thought they were
2: two strap-ons. Okay.
1: <laughs> Wow! <laughs>
3: wow! Wow! I wow.
2: misunderstood the point of this episode.
1: <laughs> anyway, this guy oh, fucking God. this guy fucking cracks like right away. Like he He's like, spark, spark, spark. Immediately. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm your watcher. Oh, we
3: know all about you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> he
2: takes the
3: path of least resistance. <laughs> like, Is, was his voice toned down or not? I couldn't actually tell.
2: I don't know. I, I don't was know.
1: okay with his voice in this scene.
3: Yeah. I feel like in the first episode, it was more exaggerated. It was at
2: 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now it's like down to 10. It sounds less like robotical. Dr. Robotical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, do you watch all of us? Do you watch Fitzcairn?" My cloud mythos. Uh Uh-oh. Then we cut to Mac talking on his cell phone while he's driving. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) he know that's dangerous? Yeah. He needs a hands-free device. That's right.
1: So I have a note here that it says, I think we first saw this cell phone in the episode Prodigal Son. Also, the fact that I can remember a detail like that now because we obsessively watched makes me sad. Sorry right, to my past self that I turned out this way. <laughs> like, I'm like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, we did see that cell phone before when he makes the call on top of the roof and, to Beige Watch or whatever. It's like, fuck <laughs> me. God damn it. <laughs> well,
2: this is like the American dream, Keith. You can be whatever you want in the future.
1: That's right. In the
3: future. Mm-hmm. The way of the future. The way of the future.
1: <laughs> anyway, so Joe's calling Mac. Joe's still in seacouver And Joe's saying that they, like, lost one of their guys. Not sure what's going on. He was tracking Callus, so, like, be careful.
3: He was at a bar called Nosferatu. Which he says it with, like, a French twist.
2: Yeah, he says it really well. Nosferatu. What is that? That's
3: well, that's, that's it. I don't know yeah. what that was. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger saying it. <laughs> yeah, but Arnold also,
2: stepped in to do ADR in this role. <laughs>
3: it's like not a French word that I'm aware of. Yeah, <laughs> how, how did I he do? say it? I don't remember. I
2: don't remember. I don't it's, do with you you remember? Fr- it's
3: with a French accent yeah. though. No it's like, it's like we've all seen the movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> matt can find it nice right. ferrado right, and ready for the b plot of this episode here we go so we cut to the racetrack <laughs> yeah
2: and he's like timing the other racers who is uh, richie, richie. pronoun
1: problems yeah <laughs> yeah richie's watching these guys ride around the track and timing mm-hmm. them and i guess the idea is that like he's seeing if he's as good as these guys he is so anyway there's this like this dude in the, the red Sure. Well, they're all wearing red, I guess, but like the head racer, this guy is Philippe. This is the most French looking guy I've ever seen on this show. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, all he needs is like a cigarette,
3: a beret, yeah. and a baguette. Yeah. End up like mime gloves. (laughs) Like
1: Anyway, so he's talking to this like really rich looking schmuck who turns out is the like Saracen Saracen, who's the owner of this team. And I guess they're having some arguments about like
2: Well Basil, another racer, forced Philippe off the track. Right. But Saracen's like, whatever, man.
1: I'm the number one guy. I should have the number one spot. And it's like you're an old washed up hag hag, An
2: up hag.
1: <laughs> anyway did anyone notice there's like a cameraman walking around taking pictures of everybody like I was left a little confused I was like is this a race Is this a practice, a time trial? Like, there is some dude from the press walking around taking pictures of them arguing. I was like, I don't know. And then I had a note. I was like, maybe if this is supposed to be a race, it could use with some, like, maybe some stock footage would be good to, like, pad it out. Be careful what you wish for, because we're going to get that later, and it's not
2: good. (laughs) Philippe goes up to Basil, I guess his name is, and he's like, hey, man, you got to help me out. And he's like, why should I help you out? Because I taught you everything about racing. And then he just starts like revving, revving his, his, engine. his engine. This
3: guy's such an asshole. Yes, yeah, he, he looks like the villain in like an eighties teen movie. Yeah,
2: this guy is like the bad guy from Black Swan. <laughs> he reminds me of him, the like the choreographer. Swan? Yeah, the the Natalie Port the Swan, Por- <laughs> the <laughs> Swan. <laughs>
3: Mila Kunis. I don't know who we're talking about. The uh,
2: the the choreographer, the scuzzy like dance instructor in uh, Black Swan. I know what you're talking That's about. That's who Basil reminds me of.
1: I gotcha. So. Richie Ryan goes over to Saracen And he's like, I got in third in Long Beach, this and that Like, I should join your team Blah, blah, blah And he's like, "We are not in Long Beach Right, this is world class shit we're doing here Anyway, Richie won't have it, so he just steals, steals the, the fucking bike. bike And rips around the track But Can I we guess enjoy his scarf and wear escot for a moment? Yes, yeah, so two episodes in a row Richie all... Ryan is wearing this bandana All scarf, all Around his neck. neck Yeah, So, there's a reason for that <laughs> It's because he wants to star in Poltergeist yeah. <laughs> 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 this, is Stan, this is Stan Kirsch's personal touch. He came up with this. Really? He thought he should wear it, but it's an homage to director Dennis Barry, who wore that oh, while he directed. Oh yeah. Yes, that's, that's funny. And so he thought it would be funny if he wore it. So well, that's, my roommate
2: came in while I was watching this oh no. and he saw Richie with the thing around his neck and he was like, why does he have that around his neck? <laughs> Good question. That's the first thing he noticed.
1: uh So Richie tears around the track. This catches saracen's attention well obviously because he stole the bike but i mean like his speed catches it so saracen starts timing him richie i guess proves that he's got the goods to it's be great. on this team you can so, do it so saracen's gonna let him race with them oh i have a note here that i think is gonna get brought up a little later like this whole racing plot in this episode eh, like <laughs> is so stupid and but has yeah. no point i mean i think it's neat that they were clearly writing these episodes all together like these must have been really been written kind of as a group because they set up stuff earlier yeah
2: the racing thing comes into play in In the later episode
1: yes but i think it's neat that like in the past episode the very last one we watched richie talks about he's like this is all me i'm a good racer i can do this this is just my talent this should be my career this is my break but the thing that he's like not considering is this like how fast can i take the turns how tight can i take these corners blah 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 it's like it is his immortality that gives him the edge because he can do things like he can take things to the extreme as we'll later find out with him, like the immortality still does give him an edge, but he doesn't realize it yet. Mm. Interesting. Mm. I think that's an, a neat little thing. Yeah, I like that it's like not spelled out right away. Like when he said that to Mac, Mac's like, "That's not true." It's like now we see it play out, like that he's able to race different than other people. Right? And maybe you'll have a conclusion about that later, which I think is cool. Red crumbs. So at this point, Saracen kicks Philippe off the team. Right. Because, like, Philippe's still being upset about everything. He's like, you're done. You're off the team, you old hag. <laughs> Did anyone think this was going to become part of the Callus plot?
3: Yes, because every time somebody is disgruntled with one of our main characters, Callus like, swoops in to weaponize them against McCloud and company. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, not I didn't know time. if
1: that was done intentionally or if there was ever an option for this to play out that way. It's like, oh, like maybe that's left over from an earlier version of the script where Callus was more involved in this racing thing. I'm not really sure, but I was like primed and ready for like, this guy is now going to become the villain or, or like a pawn for Callus or whatever, but... That doesn't shake out that way. Philippe (laughs) is more of a bishop. (laughs) All right, so we cut back to the jazz club. And Mac is there talking to Gerard, the The bartender.
3: Stacky bartender. The the neo-Nazi bartender.
1: (laughs) 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 Sorry, that was extreme. But this guy's got a look yeah so mac's asking about callus he's like was he in here blah 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 you'd know him he's got like a scar he's got this like crazy fucking voice and the guy's like i don't remember anybody with a crazy voice and it's like you have a fucking crazy voice yeah (laughs) idiot like (laughs) because his voice does not match his body nope not even a little
3: bit but there is some jazz music playing and a woman is singing a song which
1: causes mac to have a flashback Right. I thought this was kind of cool, the way this was shot. Like, I don't think they've ever done, like, a song transition like this before, or have they?
2: They did the transition into the tuba or whatever, right? Or the horn. Um, oh, right. Vendetta, the right?
1: tuba. <laughs> <laughs> the tuba transition. <laughs> But this is like the lyrics of the song.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I it's think pretty is pretty cool.
1: cool. Also, yeah. did anyone find it like a little eerie? Like this is a little David Lynchy, like the way it cut yeah. between them. Like I thought it was Mac weird. is like watching the singer sing. And then there were like flashes of the other person singing. Like it went back and forth. And then it finally like landed on the uh but I was like, ooh, this is like unnerving somehow. I thought it was cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. I liked it.
1: So, so now we're back in nineteen twenty in Callis' house.
3: Where are they? Gay party? Gay party. I'm still confused on Mac's timeline in the 20s so <laughs> yeah. in the 20s he's back in sea i don't know when that happened with that right. serial killer. yeah yeah i don't know when all this goes down huh. we really need to map this one out in any case he back is back. escorting the beautiful maria to antonio Neri. 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 i don't
1: know a- why, why i said it with a french accent i think he's spanish
3: yeah <laughs> to his party
1: because he's yeah. a very famous opera singer
2: and uh, who is at this party
1: well, they're walking around, and then as they come up the stairs, oh, hey, Picasso. Yeah. Oh, hey, Duncan. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Whoa, I You know like Picasso? Picasso? Oh, a little bit. Oh, just a bit. I do not like this really at all. This, like, really pulled me out. This weird Picasso plot? F- plot, yeah. The Picasso plot where they meet each other on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it resolves shortly after when Picasso goes down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so let's talk about Picasso. Moments. Let's talk about Picasso. I... Don't like this. I feel like a show like this would very much be tempted to do things like this. Like, oh, yeah. let's have them run it like Forrest well, they Gump do style. Do
2: it later, don't they?
1: Uh, a little bit. Hmm. I'm a big fan of them not interacting with like historical stuff. Like, I don't want this to be like Forrest Gump, where he meets like every president and goes into outer space and all this stuff. No, yeah. <laughs> they're just normal people, and they are part of history, but they're not like the history. You know what I mean? Like, the, I don't know. That their role is just like everybody else's. It's more interesting. I'd agree. I don't want to see them pal around with famous people.
3: Mm. You don't want them to... uh, hue to go cook for Truman. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So they they go upstairs, and the opera singer starts singing. Matt gets the buzz. And it turns out the opera singer is Mr. Callis.
2: And then fucking... Maria <laughs> just this? busts up in and starts singing. She's
1: making her break. She's got to go oh for it.
3: She starts singing along. I, I, I just said rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rude.
2: Rude. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is the kind of thing Duncan's that Duncan's gets... rude girlfriend interrupts the performance. <laughs> is it his girlfriend? No, I don't think so. Because yeah. Callus asks very soon after. He's like, are you guys right. banging around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah banging that's the around. quote. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that gets you kicked out of a party.
3: Yeah, but... like, oh,
2: geez. Oh, we all came to see fucking Antonio Neri saying And then this... <laughs> <laughs>
3: you young almost la- said it. A
2: young lady... <laughs> so ruins it this is weird
3: also did it look like their lips weren't synced up to the yeah. recording sometimes <laughs> <yeah>. especially <laughs> Callis's lips yeah. occasionally i was just like wait what
2: must be hard to like act sing opera
3: probably yeah, yeah.
2: especially cuz most people even if they've
3: sung they haven't like emulated what your mouth looks like when you sing opera yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's a thing mm-hmm. unto itself but they have a little uh, duet
1: and after this Callus and Mac are reintroduced to each other, essentially. and
3: Mac just wants to go. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like, I'm
1: done with this. Callus is like, my friend, the past is gone, forgotten. We all changed over the years. I know I have, which is mm. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, She's
3: like, oh, I didn't know you knew each other. He's like, Mac knows everyone, right. which is, I guess,
1: calling back that Picasso joke.
2: And he's like, yeah. I lived a cloistered life. Ooh. Yeah.
1: So anyway, Callus wants to dance with Maria. And that, this is when he asks if they're, like, banging around. And he's like, after all, this is 1920. And it's like, okay. Anyway, Max, like, it's time to go. So they're leaving. And I guess Callus has invited her to audition. Which is cool of him, I guess. Maybe it's all a lie. It's all all yeah, a lie. But, he's
2: gonna have a dinner party for her,
1: right? So mm. Mac is like, "No, that's not gonna happen." Like, so he makes up this story, like, "Oh, you're gonna study at the Met. Like, uh, your boat leaves uh, Tuesday. Like, <laughs> and like you're gone. Yeah, I gotta save you from this guy." What would
3: she have done if he, if she said, "Okay," if she was like, "Okay, take me to New York."
1: Oh, I think that's what's happening. I think she is going to New York. No, she's not. In the Watcher Chronicles, it says she studies at the Met and the whole thing. I think mm-hmm. she goes to New York. Well, I guess she ultimately does, maybe. I got
3: the impression well, I think through he... this episode that she wasn't going to go. She just thought Mac was being jealous. I don't well, know. I she gets... says that. I know what's happening here. You're jealous.
2: I think he's, like, going to make all these arrangements, like, after he gets rid of her. That's how I took it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I assumed he wasn't, like, bluffing that he was going to do this. To save her, but yeah, let's know. find yeah. out. Max made of money, money yeah. Mac.
3: Little, when when necessary. Mac is made of money.
1: Uh, anyway, we cut back to the present at the Nosotros Club, and Max like I haven't heard that song in a long time. And the the singer, who by the way does appear in another episode, and these are her only two IMDb credits. Wow, not much huh. of a career there. Wonder who she knows? Maybe she was one of the Ken Gord. Yeah, I was just gonna say, is it a Ken Gord uh, like lip sync this song? Yeah, it's gonna be lip synced anyway. Well we just pull you off the street, go. Yeah, mark, mark, maybe mark. that's why, honestly. Yeah, but she's like, Oh, like we sing that song every night, which is insane, but the owner has a thing for it. Oh, and so then Mac's like, Wait, tell me about the owner. And Mr. Big creepy bar Bartender like, is <laughs> the looking over. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, don't do it. This guy's like, The bar's closed and tries to kick Mac out. And so then Mac, like, strong arms him and then ch- does like a Irish water torture technique on him yeah. is that offensive? Can I say it like?
2: Not sure. He just,
1: pu- he sure. just pours
3: beer on his. He face. pours beer all and over he cracks immediately. Immediately. Well, I think it's probably more from the extreme pressure Mac is probably putting on his shoulder than yeah. from the beer. I think the beer's just to humiliate him. <laughs> 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 this is what I think about racism.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
3: I don't know why I'm convinced this man's racist. Mm-hmm. I think just because he's a skinhead. Yeah. I think he's a racist,
1: too.
2: You think so? I think so. He works doxing.
1: for talks <laughs> Anyway, so he's like, Shakespeare and company. That's where he is.
2: Like, with no context. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: like, right this second, What this if guy Mac
2: just is like, I'll read all the plays of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Therein lies the clue for yeah. his true hideout. <laughs> That's right. That's how he misquotes the Shakespeare lines. Anyway, we're going to cut to Shakespeare and Company,
0: which is a a bookstore. It is a bookstore.
1: And I used to go to the one in New York all the time, which was was right near my school, like a block away from school. Oh, wow. It's real. The the one in Brooklyn is no longer there, sadly, which is a bummer. But it was always awesome when I went there, because I would think of Highlander all the time, because they returned to this location a few times. That's awesome. But I remember just being like, oh, it's like Highlander. It's, it, it is yeah. like that. All right, so we cut to Shakespeare and Company, and Callis is standing outside. He's like waiting, checking the place out. He goes in, and we meet Seltzer. Seltzer? Seltzer. Seltzer, Seltzer. seltzer. seltzer.
3: Hey,
2: you're trying to get Seltzer, but you got Seltzer. seltzer. <laughs> He's very effervescent. <laughs> this guy looks like David Abramowitz to me. A little bit. I thought it was him, like, doing a cameo. With, like, an army? beard. Yeah, with like a beard stuck on his chin.
1: So anyway, this guy is like, "Oh, I don't I don't know Mythos or whatever I guess he was asking about." Yeah. Or Adam Pearson, maybe is who he yeah. is. No, he's for. looking for Mythos. Oh, he's looking for Mythos. And
3: Callus is destroying some ancient manuscript of
1: his. Well, like this guy asked for somebody and then this guy's like how about check out my most prized book, It's a first edition? <laughs> Here you science. go. Handle it with your bare hands. Bare hands. So it's like, <laughs> does no one in this show
2: respect books? No, is the answer. I,
1: I, yeah. I like David <laughs> Abramowitz. We're calling you out. Like, yeah. what is what is your Ken problem? Gore? What's your problem with books? books. Like, yeah. <laughs> with valuable, valuable books? They're always being put in danger somehow. Yep. Books are in danger.
2: Books are in danger.
3: Yeah, but it's got a very pro-literacy message, so That's I support it. That's also true. That's also
1: true. So Callis starts just ripping this thing. Part
2: and the guy's like, no, Yeah, they burned me. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: burned me. Calus, so, once again, he fucking cracks under pressure, too. Well, after
3: Cowell oh, yeah. sticks a knife, puts a knife in his mouth, mouth, mouth. Yeah. cuts yeah. tongue That's true. That's true. <laughs> like, are you saying that you would hold up under that kind of pressure?
2: Let's try it out. <laughs> 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 Wouldn't be a good podcast, though. If I never not have a if tongue, we cut your tongue out.
3: That's possible it would just, but your <laughs> role would remain exactly the same yeah nothing <laughs> would
1: change <laughs> equally as annoying Dark. um so anyway speak or you never speak again this is fucking intense and he puts a, gu- a knife in this guy's mouth crazy
2: and he literally sticks it in his, mouth, <laughs> his like.
1: mouth it's nuts it's pretty intense and somehow kills
3: him by doing this spoiler yeah I just well just i think bleed, out you bleed to tongue. death yeah through your tongue I don't yeah
2: know. no yeah that's a thing. Is it? Yeah. That quickly? Yep. Wait, we don't know we how quick it was, I though. One one? I read it somewhere, like, if you get your tongue cut off, you risk bleeding. I could just be making this up, also. <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> read, is like... This 2 truths in yeah. thing coming yep. back.
1: All right, so uh, we cut to later at the bookstore. Mac, like, rushes there. He comes in.
2: He finds a glove.
1: There's a glove? On yeah. the ground. Does All it right. smell Does it, it fit, though?
2: Yeah, does it fit?
1: If it doesn't fit. It the does. Of coin. Yeah. You must, gotta, have must have quit. Excuse me. Anyway, so Mac asks the clerk, like, who did this?
2: And he's got blood, like, pouring out of
1: his mouth. <laughs> yeah. So he writes with the blood, M. And he's like, McLeod, yes, that's, that's me. me. It's like, did it's you really narcissist
2: like, what are you
1: talking about? And then he writes, it, M-E. it's like, me? Did what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did he, is he, did he
2: commit suicide? Me. <laughs> <The fact laughs>
1: who did this? Me. <laughs> the fact that Mac, I think, doesn't react to it. It's saying the word me is puzzling because I think I reacted that way. I was like,
2: huh, weird? Like, is that what he's saying? Like, this is strange. Well, Mac knew the title of the episode, so he was like, oh.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, there is definitely like a deleted scene where, like, there is a tongue on the floor. And also, is, is this a scene or just a beat? No, it's like it's in the sh- like they didn't use the shot, but like this the, the the fucking tongue is on the floor, and then there's an outtake on the DVD of Adrian Paul doing the scene, and he picks up the tongue, goes boo, and he wiggles, and he, w- and he wiggles it around. It's really funny. <laughs> So why didn't they include that?
3: You should have used the tongue to like coerce the guy
1: to talk. Just like <laughs> <laughs> put it back in his mouth. This might help. Yeah, oh. <laughs> trying to We cut to the racetrack at sunset. This looks really awesome. I'm always impressed when this show shoots at sunset because it's like not an easy thing to do. Yeah, because it's like you got fucking no time to do this. So no moving along. Sun play. Sun. What did you say? <laughs> So anyway, Philippe is there waiting off to the side. Philippe
2: starts some shit right. with he's, Richie. He looks drunk. He's all drunk
1: yeah. up and shit. And Richie's drunk now up.
3: <laughs> yeah. Drunk up, yeah. Drunk yeah, up. let's get
2: drunk up. Richie does a weird like finger hold.
3: <laughs> yeah, like somehow they get into a scuffle. Yeah. And yeah, Richie is apparently a little
1: bit of a badass now.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, he's gone a long way. He gets way into from... the, the fray.
2: He's yeah. been training with Charlie and. <laughs> mac
1: yeah Couple but little. that's kind of all the scene is though it's like a little filler it's like yeah eh, i don't really mean, need like this The entire race plot yeah, yep right. <laughs> okay uh so we cut back to joe's bar and joe gets another call from mac mac says callus has killed another watcher but joe's confused because he's like dan seltzer was a historian not like a field agent like callus, he should, he he been should never near callus yeah but
3: right. he says he was working as a mythos scholar
1: Right, He's so because like, Mac asks, like, "Did the letters M E meaning anything to you?" And then Joe somehow figures this out, like, right away. It's like, "Oh, he must be after Mythos. I wish they had s- solved this aloud, a la Adam West Batman. Yeah,
3: yeah. me see me for Methos, <laughs> but they cut out his tongue. Tuh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> me tuh, and the bookstore owner liked toes. <laughs>
0: mythos <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so joe is like we got to call adam pearson because he's like the foremost mythos expert so if this guy's on to mythos adam's gonna help point us in the right direction and hopefully head Callus off at the pass
2: philippe crashes the bike and dies <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: then then we cut to that and i was like
3: what the yeah. hell is this yeah so like philippe commits suicide somehow I yeah. don't I, I do not understand what's going on. Okay,
1: here. well, first off, they're at this bar. Everyone's drinking at like the track bar. Does anyone think this is the same bar that was in Avenging Angel? Cause I remember making oh. note of that bar and being like, what kind of fucking bar is this? It looks like a hospital cafeteria. Yeah. I think oh, this is the place. same place. Just a guess. Cause Could it's be. weird. Yeah. Anyways, cause everyone's getting drunk there and then they hear the engine outside and Philippe is like tearing around the track and just barrels into like a wall
2: it's brutal (laughs) he like
1: flies flies. off (laughs) i like when he dies like he has enough strength he like hits the ground and he's like i I have to take my helmet off so everyone can see my face so they know who i am and now i'm dead (laughs) just good so that's a fucking bummer yeah Uh, yeah i just don't know why it happens
3: though yeah like what's
1: going on here what's the point of this
3: yeah why does he have to die he does nothing they introduce this character he's apparently not a good racer and then they keep him around so they can kill him
1: it's, it's also, I feel like it's, like, a bummer that Richie's, like, I'm glad that Richie gets on the team, but, like... At d- what cost? Yeah, like, it makes it a little weird. It's like, hey, Richie, you got on this team by kind of getting somebody fired. You didn't, like, you kind of cheated to get on the team. Like, you stole... You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you got recruited or anything. It's like... Yeah, yeah. I get the gumption and I kind of respect that, but it's like, I don't know, man. Then you humiliated this guy. (laughs) Yeah. And
3: now he's dead. And now he's dead.
1: Like, this doesn't feel good. Like, no, it does not. Killed the most French man alive. (laughs) So, back at the jazz club. Callus is talking to bartender skinhead guy and finds out that Max. He's he's, on his trade. Right. He spilled the beans. I was expecting Callus to kill this guy right then. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Callus really
2: lays off on this guy.
1: Yeah, go back to work. You got to wash his glasses. (laughs) Got a business to run.
2: Callus's neck scar is gross. Yeah, and
1: he's (laughs) fondling
3: it. Yeah. He's just like, like,
2: ugh. (laughs) Yeah. It's really disgusting.
1: Uh, So we get a flashback to paris in the 1920s again i like the transition here it's a transition to like from Callis's neck scar to her red necklace essentially yeah Yeah, to maria's
3: red necklace she is coming to visit Callis and take him up on her
1: invitation for an audition right but she still says she's going to new york city
3: yeah yeah
2: i think this maria is a good looking lady
1: yeah tell me more amon that's it what do you like about her
2: i like her winning personality (laughs) So this
3: is the Eamon fanfic. Yep. <laughs> Callus caressed her neck firmly.
2: <laughs> in and, and, he and, more firmly. Her. and more firmly. And more firmly.
1: Until the grip was as
2: firm
3: yeah. as he was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Alright, so, sorry. Callus is, like, pretending to seduce her and then just starts to
2: strangle her. <laughs> yeah. So, clearly, he is not forgiven McLeod.
1: No, not once no he yeah. changed.
2: <laughs> Luckily, Mac busts in.
1: Also, her like getting choked. I just have a note here that her acting is awful. <laughs> Sorry, Amen. That's okay. your love of your life.
2: I didn't actually notice. Uncle then Watch Max shows
1: up wearing a cape.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: like it's, when he shows up, he has a cape on for like one second. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way into this. I'm like you got Beefcakey Adrian Paul like in this like tux and he's like marching around with his katana. I'm like this cake. is awesome. Like yeah. this is crazy.
3: So then a fight starts. I did not remember how amazing this fight
1: is. It's great. This is opening credits worthy fight.
3: Yes it is. And I think at this point in the show is my number one fight. I'm right. Saying it right now. Number one. Number one. So let's talk about what happens here. They're moving all over this space. Like Mac is like sliding on the ground. And all the like, sliding's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like progressively stripping off their tuxedos as they go and they yeah. keep on like hopping over rails. Yeah. <laughs> At some point then, they're like. Tussling and Callus hurls Mac through a window.
2: Yeah, like a, a glass door, or window Thing, or something. Yeah. yeah, and they're fucking like strangling each other on the ground or no, not. Yeah, no, they're like, they have their their got their swords. swords yeah. yeah, but it seems like Callus has got him. Mac yeah. down
1: for the count. But then Mac reaches over and grabs one of the shards of glass and fucking slices Callus's neck. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah, it and Like, And the sound Calus makes is...
2: <laughs> Donald Duck makes an appearance. Donald Duck did the voice part for Calus' neck. Yeah. <laughs> voice. What? <laughs>
3: That's what it sounds like. Yep. But yeah. Uh, it's brutal. And Calus just kind of grabs his throat and staggers
1: away.
2: Yeah. This is an awesome part. Awesome fight. Awesome sliding. Love it. Awesome fight.
1: Awesome sliding. Also, I I don't know. Callus must be fucking rich. Like, this is his house. Like, I mean, I know he's a famous opera singer, but this is like crazy money he must have. This is nice. It's a cool location. It turns out Maria is still alive. So that's good, I guess.
2: That's good I guess. <laughs>
1: Not dead. Not dead, and Max, either is cows, of course. The, the dream's no. still alive for Eamon. Alright, so we cut now to the present and Adams Pearson's apartment. Which is full of Tess art. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mac approaches the door, there's a buzz, he goes in and I this guess is it's one
2: th- of these creepy buzzes with weird like, yeah. chanting and stuff.
1: Yeah, well, it sounds like there's like laughing in the
3: background.
2: It's really weird.
3: So he goes in there. There's a bunch of ugly art. Yeah.
1: Right. But I think, it's, I think the, the, the buzz thing is cool because it's like a fake out, I think. Because I think the idea is that you're supposed to assume Callis got there probably first. Uh, oh. Oh, because, right. because he's looking for a historian named Adam Pearson who's right. not immortal. So when you get the buzz, oh, shit, Calus got here first. Ooh. Right? So I think, that's, I think that's a nice setup here. Ooh. But yes, yeah, so yeah, let's talk about this fucking art.
2: Isn't there like a weird like profile face thing made of wire or There's something? a lot of
1: weird metallic mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I, I that is been...
2: just a spaghetti monster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for a man that's been around for five thousand years, Mythos has no taste yeah. at all. <laughs> he loves a bunch of weird modern art. Yeah. Yep.
2: It's a nice house
1: sure <laughs> sure adam is just like sitting on the floor reading a book or i can't tell if he's reading a book or he's writing in his journal because I, I that big book might be his i think journal. he's writing okay and he's drinking listening beers a walk, and listening to like rock and roll music
3: but he doesn't stop listening to until he sees mac for some reason yeah, yeah he could get
1: a little spooked out like who the fuck is this yeah oh but he knows he's coming doesn't he Because oh, joe's right. called him right Right, right, right. So right, right. that's why he's not scared, probably. Yeah. Good point, though. But if Joe called him, he
3: probably also said, oh, by the way, Callus is, is also yeah. coming.
1: <laughs> right. Anyway, so our introduction is like Adam Pearson or whatever, and he throws him a beer. Yeah. Mikasa Sukasa. And then Mac is like, Meet us Like, what do we think of this, like him figuring this out? Do we think this is. I too thought it was easy? fine. I didn't mind it really either. Yeah. I kept struggling in my head being like, is this bullshit? I don't know. I give it a pass. I think the circumstances warrant Mac making this guess. Sure, I'm fine with it. It yeah. could be a little of that buzz juice working. Buzz juice, yeah. Get that buzz juice. Buzz, buzz juice. Drink.
2: Like, maybe Matt can sense the oldness or something. Yeah, mm. you're so old. You so old, age play. A, the, the other note I have pack. about
1: his apartment, I think the apartment is my least favorite thing about this episode. Like, this, I like this episode a lot. The apartment bugs the shit <laughs> out of me. Like, it's so ugly and ridiculous. Uh, but part of me kind of also just wishes it wasn't this. Like, he's a guy that has, like, surrounded himself with, like, art and all this. You know what I mean? Like, part of me kind of wishes it was, like, a dump like mm. somehow that seems maybe to fit Why? better he's a guy that just doesn't care like this maybe not a dump per se but like i don't think it should be this fancy mm. like he just seems like a joe schmo guy i mean that's a lot of what Mythos is he's just a dude he's drinking beer eating pizza i'm just a guy hey mitos guy one guy uh, i don't know that there's a reason to think that <laughs> Okay. Are you a fan? Are you oh, in favor like of this it. apartment?
3: No, I mean I just don't have an opinion on it really. I mean, him having a nice apartment full of art seems appropriate. Like I'm surprised it's not more historical pieces or like Bronze less, Age less shit.
1: Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't
3: you know, he have
2: like but... a weird like marble like relief? statue or something.
1: I think he leaves that one there. Yeah. <laughs> right? That one came with the house. <laughs> just...
2: I feel like they just found this and were like, yeah, this is cool. We'll do this.
1: Also, they didn't know Mythos was really going to be a reoccurring character, right. so I yeah. feel like if they had known that, I think they would have made some just more conscious decisions. I don't think they made conscious decisions about this apartment. I think they were just like, we need to have a place for him to live, fill with stuff. Right. Um. So we cut to a little later and we're at, still at Adam Pearson's apartment, but Callus is there snooping around, but Mythos is not there, of course. But outside, near like an park or whatever near Mm -hmm. like a canal Mac and Mythos are walking around having an interesting talk about like talking life (laughs) sorkening yeah sorkening but Mac is like I guess kind of asking like hey like have you figured it out in 5,000 years and of course Mythos hasn't he's like eh I was like the subverted expectations like that you probably thought I was like older and like had a beard and would be all wise and shit. And like he's like the opposite. He's like very young. Like he seems to be younger than Mac.
3: Yeah. And like a smart ass. He kind of explains his plan that, you know, it's good to be a myth in charge of looking for myself and I make sure it never happens. He also points out
1: it's been 5,000 years since he took his first head. And he doesn't remember what happened before that
2: wow that's crazy that's crazy so that's
1: like an interesting thing about like memory too like how much can your brain hold yeah the rest of it's just gone it's just gone
2: immortals must have better memories because i can't remember shit that happened like a month ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) when he made that comment i had a funny thought about like recontextualizing what the flashbacks even are it's like maybe these are less memories for mac when the flashbacks happen and more like triggers like Mm -hmm. because the, the flashbacks are always related to the current plot in some way so rather than Mac like having a fond memory of something, it's like these current events like jolt something that's like buried deep in him that happened 300 years ago. That's interesting. I don't know if that's that's not really what it is, but I just thought that was a fun way that you could maybe yeah. look at this. I like that. Also, funny thing: do you see that while uh, Mythos is walking around, he has like a rolled up piece of paper in this scene? That's the script because <laughs> he was still working on those lines. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but Dennis Berry was like, "You can't have the script," and apparently Peter Wingfield was like, "No, like Adam Pearson's like a bookish dude." He'd probably have, like, a pen and paper all the time, so it makes sense. But he just has the script in his hands and in his pocket the whole time. Wow.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> I'm impressed that they liked him enough to bring him back. <laughs> yeah.
1: They loved him.
2: And uh, he hasn't fought in 200 years.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, Callus has been in his apartment, and he, like, finds the diary, I guess. He's, yeah, like, looking did. through that. Also, we, can we talk about the orb that's on?
2: Yeah. It's like a like Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> orb. Or orb, Or is it, like, that orb that
3: President
2: Trump put his hands on? On yeah, that. it might be like that.
1: It's very strange. It's like black with like rainbow lights on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Spinning around. Well, I think that's like one of those balls you turn on when you're dancing and like all the colored lights go on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I that's do. actually yeah. what happens after this in the fanfic that we're yeah. about to write. <laughs> Mac oh. and Callis and Mythos. Yeah. Are
3: you here to fight? No. <laughs> I'm here to dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we cut to the racetrack and Richie, I guess, comes in second in this race and. Basil gives Richie some like shit about like taking the inside turn like too tight or whatever it is. This again connects really not to the plot at all. So it's just kind of a bummer. It's just this like this, this Richie's is totally just disconnected. Off He's on his Island. thing.
3: Yeah. He's trying to escape from Richie Island.
1: Although I will say while this doesn't relate to anything, I guess I do appreciate that Richie does have an arc. Yeah. Which is nice. Like this is not Richie being a used car salesman for one episode and then being a music producer for a fucking other episode like yeah. this is Richie in three episodes in a row wanting to be a racer starting a racing career getting on a team like there are things happening to richie it's not really related to other stuff but like you could pull all this stuff out and it's like kind of cohesive yeah
3: i guess (laughs) i just don't know what philippe's doing well philippe's dead he's not doing anything but bezel Basil. basil all right he's, so he's, he's freshening it. your breath and adding <laughs> a lot of robustness to your red sauce
1: robust <laughs> me <Mithos laughs> is, is coming back to his apartment and callus is there waiting for him and i guess callus explains that he's like oh i found your diary he's like i couldn't decipher the hieroglyphs but he's yeah. like the ancient greek was very intriguing Or whatever. Yeah. i thought that was really cool I was yeah like, awesome yeah because uh, we discussed
3: from the watcher chronicle that callus is old as shit so. yeah
1: so then they have a fight in broad daylight on, yeah, a on a bridge. Right. I think it's really cool. They go like up like on the railing of this bridge or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It's cool. And Mythos does not fare well. Mm-mm. But they end up like tumbling over, and Callus emerges on the side of the river, and Mythos is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. So he's escaped somehow.
2: He slinks away.
1: So we cut to later near the barge, I guess, and it's like under one of these tunnel johns. And Mac is reading a
3: reading uh,
2: some Jean-Paul Sartre.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why? Why is
3: this? And he's walking know. and reading walking and reading place. at yes. night time just
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. a tro- in <laughs> complete darkness
3: in a tunnel <laughs> it's like that's just, like the whole walking and reading is like a trope i see sometimes i don't know that i've ever seen someone meaningfully walk and read anything i
1: did once right near reading terminal in philadelphia did they fall no but oh. they were they were doing this so on purpose they were walking with this book so far in front of them like they were basically holding up like a sign like mm. look at what i'm reading and the title of the book like in Big letters was like the Holy Bible. No, it was like <laughs> postmodern feminism in the thing, and like it was this whole like a very long title, and it was just like this young dude wants people to like totally check him out and see what he's reading, and yeah. I just was like, come on, man, like <laughs> you're not even reading this.
3: Is that what Mac's doing? He's like, yeah, I'm reading
1: No Exit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is supposed to tie into like this is like barely hinted at, but like Mac was asking, what's the point? What's the point? And yeah. now we have this, and. Mm. You know, okay. this isn't like, uh, yeah, it is a weird little thing. It's not like fleshed out
2: enough. Well, I didn't it, actually think about how he's in a dark tunnel. Yeah, he's <laughs> literally in a tunnel. Yeah.
1: It's nonsense. But all right. Fair enough. Anyway, so we get the buzz and Mythos shows up and he's tired. He's stumbling around. And it looks like, I guess, Mac probably implies like, oh, you must have beaten Gallus. Yeah. Nope. And then out of nowhere, he attacks Mac. Holy fuck which he like deflects one of his sword shots with the book yeah which i thought was awesome another disrespect, bu-
3: disrespect yeah, book yeah. move <laughs> me this ken Gord. <laughs> why do you hate the printed word so fighting ensues but mac is much better than mythos apparently
1: right and he's like there can only be one that's why he's doing it it's all bullshit or whatever he's basically gonna let mac take his head we come to find out that mythos just knows he can't take callus and Max, the better man, and so he should have his power. And he's like, Oh, like one of us can't beat him, but both of us together. And I'm like, These are fucking lines from Highlander Endgame that are Quickening just... math begins. Yes. Like these are, I think, literally the lines that are in Highlander Endgame. Yeah. This Although is for some this reason. Weird, like,
2: power level stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly. Yeah.
1: Well, like, I, I, I mind get... it less in this. was, I was, I was kind of okay with this. It. Yeah. Also, because mythos in this is like not up to the snuff, where like in Endgame, it's like. Wait, Connor is not good anymore? Like, what is this? Like, I don't know. He thought he won the game. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. This feels very different. Like, I actually don't mind this so much. Like, in Endgame, I'm a little bleh about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The
3: thing that gets me a little bit is this plan seems very inconsistent with Mythos' character in this episode and beyond. Yes. His plan is literally to die. But then later in this episode, he's, like, hedging bets. Or it's like, really, you're hedging this hard? Your plan was literally to commit suicide earlier. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like- I chalked this up to, like, an inconsistency in the writing, and they didn't quite know everything about the character. And so this is in there, and it doesn't quite make sense. I think you could kind of retcon it as he's, like, playing some game here, and he also knows that Mac isn't going to take his head. But also, yeah, he I don't know why do he does it, it though. Yeah.
2: But Mac, like, puts his sword to Mythos' throat. We as the viewer don't know what Mac does. But we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know he's not going to do it, Mac.
3: Come right. on. Get yeah. Man.
1: Get me. Man. All right. So we cut to the racetrack and now we get like all the stock footage. It's basically like we're watching another show right now. Like this yeah. is so much. Should we listen to a little bit of this song? Yes.
2: Yeah. I actually, before the lyrics, before the vocals came in in this song, I wrote in my notes this is good music. <laughs>
1: And then, then, do you know who did this song? This is another one of those. Chris Ainsgoff. Is that like the...
2: Like one song?
1: Excuse me? That one? That
2: (laughs) 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 That again? It goes like... You remember that? (laughs) Oh,
1: maybe. It's one of like the driving around songs? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's take a little listen to this. I guess they recorded this in a couple days. So that's that song. I agree, like, the song helps the scene quite a bit. If they had some other music, I don't think it would be that hot. That's just me. What if, what if there was, like, some... If they had, like, the regular mm, score under that. Or what, what if there's, like, some <laughs> midi Sydney Boucher? There we are, yeah. well, how would that fare? <laughs> anyway, we get to watch, like, like a bunch song? of... Yeah, a Queen song would be nice. Maybe just the guitar solo from "Princes of the Universe." Stick that in there. Yeah. Anyway, this goes on for quite a while and is quite boring. <laughs> it's suppose. like
2: intercut with like six different motorcycle teams.
1: And I believe they got all this from like some gas company. I think they say on the special features that like some local like or some French like gas company or racing company gave them all this footage to use as like promotional stuff. Huh. So that's how that all shook out. Anyway, Richie gets pushed off the track by Dickhead Basil and ends up like crashing
3: I was a little confused about how the crash happened. At some point, it just looks like
1: Richie slams on the brakes or something. I don't
2: understand yeah, what's going yeah. on there. I don't either.
1: But he wipes out, and he's all pissed. He throws his helmet on the ground because he Cause sees like, the bike is wrecked. They were in first and second place. Correct. And it's because I guess Basil didn't want to be in second
2: place. Yeah. And Richie fucking takes a dive. This looks pretty brutal. Yeah. Not as brutal as Philippe.
1: So anyway, Saracen congratulates Basil and then gives Richie a raft of crap because he's like, you, this is the last mistake like you make over all this stuff. And then the fucking photographers there taking pictures again of everyone fighting. All this guy does is like he's like the, <laughs> the racing tabloid guy. Just like, ugh. I, s- I do motocross gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Saracen's fighting with Richie Ryan again. It's a sclucy. So we cut back to Mythos' apartment and Callus is there waiting inside. Get the buzz. Who is it? It's Mac. And he's like, Mythos. Is
3: it just me or does whatever callus filter they use ble- filter. bleed over into Mac's voice for a second? No, no it, way. I, Mac's response sounded very strange to
0: me,
1: <laughs> And that's what it sounded like to me. That wouldn't be surprising if they were a little sloppy with the audio there.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to... Rewatch it.
1: Fight time, and so they go outside and onto another bridge. Yeah, that's the yeah. how many bridges. Bridge. I had two notes here. First, how
3: many bridges are there? <laughs> and before that, while they're still in the apartment, my notes just say wreck some art. Yeah. yeah,
2: wreck some art. They clearly like weren't allowed to wreck anything in this apartment. <laughs> like Callus does this weird flourish before he runs out of the <laughs> door. <laughs> This
1: fight is awesome. I have a note like like yeah. I think the sound effects are great. Like they've been doing this new sound effect during the sword fights where every couple sword fights, it's almost like this electricity sound. It's like like it's not like a lightsabery thing, but it's like it feels like their hits are charged in some way. Huh. And it's not like there's no sparks or anything coming out, but it's but like, they got like a power up. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, I don't know. It's co- I think it's really cool.
3: This is a good fight.
1: It is, but like going over bridges is the theme of the
2: fights <laughs> yeah. in this episode.
1: Yeah. So they tumble again. Then they're fighting in front of some warehouse, and then the police show up. What's going on here?
2: Mac gets away, but then Callis
1: hides like 10 feet away, and the police saw like, didn't the police see any of this shit happening? Or no? I guess not. (laughs) Right.
2: Even though they were driving towards two men fighting with swords swords around. But Callis gets caught.
3: And who's there but Mythos telling the officers, like, that's him, that's the guy who attacked me. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Or he
2: killed um Seltzer. Seltzer. So he made Seltzer flat.
1: So anyway, <laughs> Mythos's whole thing is that like he didn't know if Mac, I guess, could win and yeah. was like, I'll hedge my bets on this instead. He's like, I
3: can't risk it. And it's like you were ready to die a second I, yeah. ago. But now like you can't wait and see if Mac can beat this guy. Yeah. When he was winning. And this just brings back my issue from before about like the power between Callus and Mac, like what the distribution is. Like Mac seems utterly in control of this fight. All yeah. of a sudden, he's like, "Do you taste the fear?"
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's he awesome. says something
3: really intense like that. It's yeah. like, whoa, what happened? Like last time you guys fought, like Mac, you got housed.
2: Well, I think housed. Mac is using Callus, thinking that Mac got Mythos's quickening as the advantage because he's like oh you were after Mythos. and mac is like yeah well that doesn't matter now so i so think so
1: callus is scared because he knows that or he thinks that mac is like a super yeah, saiyan yeah
2: that's how i read is it
1: I'm a super saiyan yeah
2: super saiyan mac
1: ooh new 3 and 5 keith name me 3 things about dragon ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> there's dragons there's balls and uh they go super and they have power levels
2: oh huh. No,
3: yeah,
1: they'll take
2: it. <laughs> there are dragons, dragons and there are balls. They live
1: in that cloud sometimes, or that little planet in the sky. Mm. That little baby planet.
3: Yeah, well, like it's King a Kai's backyard? Planet.
1: Yeah. I I know so little about that show. <laughs> you would watch it all the time. I remember, but
3: because it's like a nine soap. to twelve year old boy power fantasy. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It's great. Anyway, he's like, grow stronger, live another day. Uh, so we cut to Joe's bar, and Mac is talking to him on the phone. Well, Joe wants to. Totally come Totally narks on methos. Yeah, he yeah. like right away. He just throws him out of the bus. Oh yeah, it turns out uh, Adam's like a five thousand year old immortal. He yeah. infiltrated your like your whole fucking thing. Like and Joe's like what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he's like, oh, it. he was playing like a little game. Like that's why his name's Adam. I was like, come the on, first man.
0: Oh.
2: Right.
1: Joe wants to come and visit or. Just stick around in Paris. But Mythos has like flown the, what, in the coop. And so the whole place is empty now. All the art's gone. Yep. Yay. <laughs> in the trash. All the art all the books. And so that's the episode. That's, so it's that's the shtick. That's the shtick so let's talk about it this is a fun episode
3: the uh, fight scenes are all great in it yeah there's lots of good stuff there the flashbacks are most excellent
2: i loved this episode
3: i did too this is a really good one
2: i really liked mythos
3: i mean he's a great character he's very yeah. charming
2: and so handsome He's very handsome i oh liked his my. introduction he is handsome. like yeah.
1: it's been a while since i've seen him and i was like man like i know why all the ladies like you he's yeah. got like a Richard gear look going on.
2: He does have a gear gear quality, gearitude. Uh I, I I really dug this episode.
3: It's good. It's incredible. It's like it hits a lot of highlights. But again, no real moral question. No. We've had like no? a trifecta of great episodes that are missing that component. But they're all very good. So yeah. what what is
1: it about it that these episodes tap into that is still decidedly Highlander but is leaving out this moral question thing?
2: Well, they're like using the mythology in cool ways, and I think it's the villain, you know, That's how it. good he is.
3: Because both of these last two especially have like really strong supporting characters as well like they're character driven like people are doing things and they make sense right (laughs) you know what i mean like that sounds silly but there's characters you're invested in their motivations you understand why they're doing what they're doing and it plays out well Mm -hmm. like and it's reinforced by good performances and it's shocking that a lot of times that's not the case but they nail it on these episodes like the enmity between McCloud and Callus is so strong and so well executed.
2: Yeah, they're doing all the best Highlander stuff. These episodes have had really good flashbacks, not like lazy flashbacks.
1: No, very true.
2: The opera thing, the opera fight with McLeod and Callis is That's awesome. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's
1: so good. It's so badass.
2: They're just firing on all cylinders they with are. the possible exception of the Richie motorcycle subplot. Yeah, Honestly, e- even that drags this... the whole thing down for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. Like also it's weird because the Richie subplot doesn't even resolve.
2: Right. Like this is a multi-episode arc. This motorcycle, this, this motorcycle thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Does it ever really pay off? Eh, eh, not really. Yeah. You're just
1: looking for something for Richie to do. That's I think that's yeah. the biggest problem with the show in general. Almost from the beginning, like they never really knew what Richie's deal was. Although Richie, I don't think is a bad character. I just think they never Figured always were out. struggling f- to find what his place was.
3: Well, they just didn't let him sing. Yeah, exactly. Because like, they like, they like, it's do like,
1: oh, it's the, the show's called Highlander. It's got to be about Duncan. And it's like, let Richie be more part of this. And I think it would have been fine.
3: Yeah, he's, like, too much of a stooge too often. Yeah. And then now they just have him, like, completely divorced from anything yeah. related
1: to the plot mm. at all. Right. I think it's a smart move, the the getting Callus arrested, though, just to get him out of the story a little bit. So,
3: like, you don't have to kill him now, but you have a reason why he's not in the persistently other consistently messing with Matt. Right,
1: because some shows do that. It's like they'll drop a plot thread like this. And then I feel like sometimes as a viewer you're constantly wondering, like, Where's this character? Like, why is where'd he go? Like, what happened? No one's pursuing them anymore. Did they just forget about it? Like, it's like they gave a good reason that he's not around for a little while. And, and also,
3: Mac can't get him. Right. Like, Mac just has to be patient. So,
1: it's nice that it puts it on the back burner, but it's still a credible threat, which is cool. Should we talk a little bit about Mytho's Watcher Chronicle? Yeah. Sure. We haven't read Watcher Chronicles in a while. That's true. We haven't had a new Immortal show up. All right. So, known aliases, Adam Pearson and Benjamin Adams, or Remus. Born, unknown. First death, unknown. First teacher, undetermined. Original culture affiliation, unknown. It's all unknown. So, there you go. That's that page. (laughs) There is not one mythos chronicle, per se, as much as there are threads, pale and finely spun, weaving their way in and through all the other chronicles. The trick to researching mythos is to find a thread and follow it as far as you can before it disappears again. Much of what is known about the elusive oldest immortal is based on vague rumor, innuendo. Much of it is also wrong. <laughs> uh, while he can be placed in Sumer in the early dynasty period and later in later in Ur in the second millennium BC, he is most likely not Sumerian. While there is evidence to support his presence in Egypt in three separate periods, he is not Egyptian. Whatever his origin he has been many things since. <laughs> so kind of just a bunch of vagary. Yeah. Which is, I think, the best, yeah, yeah. the best part of the character.
2: Well, he's obviously a white
1: guy. <laughs> yeah. so, obviously a white guy. Well, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's true. All right. Are we ready to play a game? Yeah. Game time. So this is Watcher Tube, where I will read you clues about an episode of Highlander. And you have to guess the episode. Fun.
3: It is
1: fun. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: fun, 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 fun. fun Are you guys the daddy ready?
1: Took the T-Bird T-Bird away. Away. Mr. Eamon, how do we play WatcherTube?
2: So I have called uh, some viewer comments from the website YouTube on episodes of Highlander, and uh, each round Keith and Kyle will have to guess which episode it is, and they get uh, one guess per round.
3: Play along at home. See if you can beat Keith. I want to point out that. Every time Keith and I have played this game against each other, I've gotten the first two correct, and then Keith has gotten the next two correct, and then one time Keith won and one time we tied. Ooh. So I've like blown is... substantial leads mm. every time we've played this game. This will be no different.
2: I've shortened this one. This is only going to be three rounds. Ooh. Ooh!
3: That's bad for you, Keith. It is bad for me.
2: Question the first. The diplomat is the guy from Folgers Coffee commercials, the romantic ones. Warmonger. Nope. I the Beholder. Nope. This is what happens when you are born with affluenza. Remember affluenza? Nowhere to run. Yep.
1: Booyah. Ah! Affluenza. Man. Good one. What is what's the last clue?
2: The last clue is it's Highlander Home Alone. That's the <laughs> most obvious one. This one's funny though. Sorry, dude. I have zero sympathy for rapists. (laughs) Duncan is a douchebag for stopping the immortal bald dude from taking out this creep.
1: Whoa! (laughs) I mean, yeah, I got no love for rapists either, but that guy was out of control too. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit! Let me go murder a bunch of innocent people so I could get this guy. Get this guy. Instead Instead of
3: calling the cops, (laughs) because rape's a crime.
2: (laughs) Right. Ready for round two? I am. Question the first. Nice ass pebbles. Sorry, what? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice ass pebbles. Legacy. Nope. <laughs> Keith, do you have a guess?
1: Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Nefertiri. Nef- uh, 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 nope. uh, uh, you that was
2: your guess. I think I speak for all of us when I say I wanted to ne- see the... daughter. Faris- that's yep, the name of the. Damn it, I already could, I that know. clue. I
1: was like daughter of <laughs> Egypt. Shit. <laughs> we already did that clue. Ah! The Nefertitis.
2: Nefertitis.
1: Oh, my God. What are the oh, other Nice ass pebbles Nice ass peebles. pebbles Huh? What's her name? Peebles? Yeah, yeah That's the- <laughs> It says nice ass pebbles, pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: nice. Other, the other two clues were Maurice likely has a concussion And Matt gives him a bottle of wine LOL <laughs> Maybe he's hoping he'll die <laughs> And then, LOL, an extraordinary woman, because she tries to control men with sex, she's good in bed, then becomes a crazy bitch when she couldn't get him to do what she wanted. That's the worst kind of woman who writes this stuff. Other than that, it was a very interesting episode. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: Wow, wow, wow. That's crazy.
3: Yeah, that's crazy town frolics.
2: So, Kyle, you've won. Yes. But we're going to do the third round anyway. All right, let's do it. Going for the clean sweep. Round for the first. Round for the first? Oh, boy. He comes from the continent of shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Wow, that's a weird one. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: I am going to I don't
2: get why that's... I don't know what they're talking about.
3: <laughs> I want to guess shadows. No. All right.
2: Good guess, though.
3: I'll guess legacy? G-
2: nope. Okay. Round two. Another of Charlie Chaplin's daughters appears here. Carmen, the nightclub singer. Vendetta. No. Uh,
3: oh no. Ah.
0: Uh,
3: ah. Uh. That's not it. <laughs> I don't think that's the name uh, of it. Actually, it. aim it. Let's check. Is ah, ah. That's it. No. Okay. Oh, you did get it. Okay.
2: The famous Highlander episode,
3: uh, uh. It's actually called <laughs> parenthetical Keith Sex Noises. Yeah. Any guesses? I, just I, guess.
2: Just guess. Any guess? You guessed Vendetta. There's no point in not guessing. I
1: know, but now I'm blanking on just other episode oh, names, see. so it's okay. All right.
2: All right. Round three. It's unfortunate that they didn't do a Method spinoff. Even if they wanted to do it now, much time has passed, and Peter has aged. Oh, mythos. Mythos. Yep. <laughs> that oh, so one's Carmen funny because was... they said method.
1: Method, <laughs> right. Oh, um, by the way, all my notes say method because every time I type mythos, if I forgot to capitalize the M, it would just change it to method. The method. <laughs> man. Very good. So, so, Keith, you prevented the shutout. I appreciate that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guys, should we talk a little bit about the behind-the-scenes action on this episode? There's Probably good stuff. should.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I got lucky with Mythos... He's 5,000 years old. There's no way of playing that. What I opted for was to try and give the sense that... He was very kind of low-key and just said stuff. You know, stuff about... Yeah, yeah, I've been on stage with Caesar and the Rolling Stones. It's no big deal. I wanted to suggest that he was saying things... But he was also not saying a whole load of other stuff. That there was there was just so much history that he had that yeah, all the details were kind of kind of casual and trivial and I tried to not play anything very intensely, which then left him open as a character that, as things developed, both on the page and between the rest of the cast and me, you could actually bring in lots of things, because I hadn't defined him. It's one of the things about TV, you don't start playing the character knowing all the information. You know, there is a sketch, there's a suggestion of who the character is and where the character might go if you get picked up for the second season. He's a very ordinary kind of guy. And you can see how he's survived all this time. He's very unobtrusive. And that's what made him such a great character is that you never, I never trusted him. I never knew, I never knew what he meant. I never knew how serious he was.
1: So, some final thoughts on this episode? It was great. This is a pretty good episode. I,
3: it gets bogged down by the motorcycle stuff. It's just kind of. A nothing burger. But the other stuff is amazing. The flashbacks are strong. The fighting is some of the best we see anywhere in this show. And obviously, the introduction of Mythos is a huge landmark for the entire thing.
1: I wonder if, like, Mythos did not come back, if we would think this episode was a little meh, like more meh than we give it credit for. You know? Maybe. We'd probably be less forgiving about a lot of things. We'd be less excited
3: right. that we're encountering this character. We'd just be like, oh, this is what what a kind of charming right. little one-off guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although it's interesting, like, well, Mithas was not intended to be a really reoccurring character. He was supposed to come back one more time in this season, in the finale. Ah, uh, right. And the plan was that he would get killed by Callus. <laughs> oh. Bump, but... Womp david was in los angeles writing i guess more episodes and gillian horvath had seen some of the the dailies and the rushes or whatever when she saw peter wingfield's performance was like whoa we gotta hold off on this so she apparently called david and was like hey i know you're working on the script for finale but like you should ask them to send you some of this footage and i think we should rethink what we do with this character she kind of saved him from the chopping block from the chopping (laughs) block
2: this is just a really great episode all the flashback stuff is great all the mythos stuff is great him being a watcher is like a cool idea that we mm-hmm. haven't seen
1: totally leaper watcher
2: yeah it's just all awesome stuff except for the except for richie. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> except for whatever richie's doing And richie whatever does a good job still. i mean yeah he does fine it's just not but what this i is want no point yeah
3: well yeah. wait that's not why you watch highlander I, for yeah Oddly motorcycle for
2: the clip shows with <laughs> motorcycle, rock music. Motorcycle uh, drama. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm in it for the motorcycle drama, drama yeah. Two
2: wheels. There's what, a lot of motorcycle stuff in this show, though. Yeah. Yeah. Guys,
3: what happened to Philippe? What made him that way?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> what about his story? Yeah.
1: Maybe they'll make a comic about it one day. Yeah. <laughs> really delve deep
2: the saracen dream the saracen dream
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, should we listen to a little of peter wingfield talk about how silly he thought highlander was when he first saw this yeah
0: my first connection with highlander i got sent these pages for an audition my agent said you know they're they're shooting in paris a couple of days work do you have any interest in it i looked at it i had no idea Dear what it was about. It just didn't make any sense. There was crazy nonsense about sacrificing my head, having my head chopped off and some other garbage about being on stage with Caesar and then wow. on stage with the Rolling Stones. I didn't know what any of it meant. I had absolutely no clue. Got the job, went out there, filmed that stuff under the bridge in Paris with all the smoke. This guy Adrian Paul, didn't know who he was, meant nothing to me came over introduced himself. Cool as a cute Seemed government. to be wearing yeah. a sleeping bag. It was all, it's all kind of bizarre. I now look back at it, and it's changed my life so profoundly. I mean, I now live 5,000 miles away. I have a child who will grow up with an accent that is completely unrelated to my own. <laughs> at the bottom of a mountain where, um, where we will go snowboarding next to the ocean where the orcas swim by every year. And I am, I'm profoundly changed by it. I mean, it, it's this, this strange little show about immortality. And here I am five years after we shot the final episode, still talking about it. It's a show that will not die.
3: <laughs> it's immortal.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> wow. So that was recorded in what, 2004 or something? Probably around that time. Damn. So he recorded that 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and here we are talking about it. Here we are. That's that amazing. Yeah. His kids can get laid a lot less because he doesn't have that accent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's hey, funny. Very good. It'll be fine. Well, this was a fun episode, guys. It was yeah. a good episode. So, Kyle, how many washed-up motorcycle races would you give this episode?
3: I've given this a four. Four. You know, it's very good. It's not as good as Star-Crossed, in my opinion, but it's really good. And I give it some bonus points for having what I think is the best fight of the series to date. Give it big points for the introduction of Mythos. I buy into all this stuff. There were some smart decisions made. If not for that Richie plot, I think it could have climbed to a
2: four and a half for me.
1: Eamon, how many pieces of bad modern art would you give this?
2: Ooh, so I'm actually going to do the 4.5. Ooh, All right, I like this a lot. For some reason, I liked it a little more than Starcross, despite the Richie motorcycle stuff, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. Hmm. But I think the like Callus and Mythos stuff is strong enough strong that enough. it bumps it up past uh, just a four. But it's not quite a five. And I will give
1: this probably four Vampire Nightclubs. Yeah, for a lot of Nosferatu. what we—that's right. Uh, for a lot of what we said, I think like this episode is boosted by a really amazing flashback and a sword fight. Mythos is interesting in this episode, but not amazing. Like we'll, we're we're going to get into some better episodes with him later on as he becomes slightly more defined. Like, although I think it's interesting the way Peter Wingfield talks about him as being like this not defined character which works in his favor like they can almost have him do anything and it's not a surprise like he can always have some weird opinion about something or they can throw a life experience his way that changes the way he reacts to duncan and that's all cool Mm -hmm. but i think at this stage it's still really early and i don't think we know like i don't know if we get his smart assiness that much in this yet we get a little bit of it but he's certainly even just in a few episodes becomes more interesting but it's exciting very good this is all good shit very good stuff. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. And next week we are gonna be covering the episode 17. Take back the night.
3: Is that a night rider crossover?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Okay. That makes <laughs> sense. Absolutely it is. Uh, thanks for joining us. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Aba. Bye bye.
2: bye. See ya. that club no that aldi
3: aldi he's a club aldi oh awesome
2: aldi